Hear us here in the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. Finally, we've returned. Yeah, to finish out the saga. Yeah, that's true. What happened last time? Don't know. Couldn't tell you. 8,000 years ago. A lot of harrying. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> um, I did enjoy this half of the saga more than the last half, I think. Um, that's true. I feel like the kings of Norway are boring. Fundamentally. Yeah. They, they do two things. Fight and Christianize. And I only care about one of those things. Yeah. There, there is a part of me that, uh, I'll have to like look through some of the other stuff, but, um, where I'm like, do we just like get to the end of, uh, St. Olaf saga and then like bounce from this book mm -hmm. or do, do we see it through? Um, cause at that point things are going to be, uh, you know, Christianized. Uh, there's not too many like guys who are significant to other sagas. Cause we're yeah. starting to like move out of the saga age. Yeah. The, pro um, the problem is this is like, I fundamentally don't know what to do with history as like a yeah. podcaster who does like <laughs> media criticism. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I look at this. I'm like, I mean, there's some stuff here that's like fun. I'm, I'm not like, I don't hate what I'm reading here, but I don't have anything to say about it. Uh, like, Bowley showed up and I cheered. I was like, "There's my guy." Lack of guys. Yeah. Fundamental lack of yeah. guys in history. Yeah. So, like, reading through, I'm at the point in Hamstringla where I'm just like looking over at like uh, Erbarad saga and being like, "Man, what if we read a story about a guy who lived 300 years? That would rule." Yes. <laughs> Um, and it'd be like one episode, maybe two, um, you know, read the saga about the like trickster Fox character. That'd be great. Um, oh, I see your hidden agenda reveals itself. <laughs> no, that's different than the 300 year old guy. Okay. Um, but <laughs> yes, I do like the trickster Fox character for a reason. Um, but yeah, well, I, I do feel like. St. Olaf is like an important figure to, to read the saga of. Yeah. Um, I also got to a thing in this saga and I was like, Oh, I thought that was St. Olaf. Cause they're, they're both Olaf and it's been a while since I've read this book. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I truly don't remember like what standout things are in St. Olaf saga. Okay. Uh, cause apparently my favorite thing was, was in this one actually. Huh. Um, which, uh, is the, the like whole, part where um oh what's her name uh is it Sigrether who like uh spurns him yes yeah that is, one uh, of, that part's that is definitely one of the for, highlights of this yeah. reading <laughs> um anyway we can we can get into it and we okay. can get to that part um so we read chapter 52 to the end which is like a hundred and some mm -hmm. uh 113 yes that's correct um and I read some of these chapters like almost two weeks ago now. So uh, some of the stuff I remember more than others, but um, I'll try it and run through. Uh, so we start off with a man named Lothan who uh, finds Queen Austrether, um in bondage as a slave uh, and then frees her under the condition that like she becomes his wife, which is just the most like... <laughs> uh, you know, marriage is its own form of slavery kind of thing to have happen here. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, we then get uh, Olivier Tryggvason proclaiming Christianity uh, in Norway um, and is going to continue to try and make this happen. Um, and there's some various missionary efforts that happen initially, um, and they're, they're not always the most successful. Um, forget if there's any like specific standout stuff there. The, uh, the, uh, the farmers are stricken with literal act of God to not protest the king. Um, yes. Oh yeah. This is where they, they are like going forward to speak. Yeah, they're um, they're going to protest his efforts, and every time one of the men stands up to say something, they're like they're afflicted by like a coughing fit or whatever, and mm-hmm. no one can speak, and thus they all decide, I guess, we're going along with it because no one stood up and said what we're going to say. Yeah, um, yeah, that part is fun. Um, we then get Ostrother uh, refusing to marry um, Erling Skelgson, who's like a I don't even think this is the same guy. It's like another one. Yeah. Um and she was not uh, ready. She's like, nah, fuck this guy. So he's not he's not good enough. And he's like, if you marry him, I will make him good enough. Marry the fucking guy. You're ruining my plans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that the chapter heading of Astrether consents to marry Erling was like a little bit overselling what happened, which is that she gets very heavily pressured into this by King Olivier. Yes. Um But uh yeah, he is just like, I will make him like a a man of standing if you just marry him <laughs> i'm the king i can do that yes i'm trying uh, to make moves here yeah <laughs> why won't you just do the political marriage for me um and so they get married uh we then get him going around and christianizing uh the western districts um and i don't think there's like too much of note here um this is definitely where he's going around and being like, Hey, either become a Christian and be baptized or I will kill you. Um, which is his dominant mode of conversion. Uh, Hey, you know what? It works. Yeah. (laughs) It it does work pretty, pretty successfully for a a lot of the cases. Um, then we get this part where, uh, there is this queen named Sigurdhar, um, and he's trying to woo her. Uh, and then, it's like going okay until uh king olivier is like of course you'll need to be like baptized and convert um and at this and the text here i don't think like really elucidates this but i think that like the in old norse society there's like varying degrees to which this is true but there are like some parts that i assume might be more matriarchal Mm -hmm. uh because you have like this like pantheon of deities and everything um and like she just factually holds power as a queen uh in like you know the pagan system in a way that she would not if she submits herself to like being the christian wife of king olivier um and so this becomes like the thing that is going to undo him uh, is her getting really mad. And then the thing that I think is like odd, and I don't know if this is actual history or if this is like the bias of the writer coming in, um, but we're going to get like her husbands like going and doing the things for her. But from what I like know of her, I think like she as a queen would hold the power to just like wage war on him herself. Uh, and I don't know if it's that she didn't actually do that or if it's like, the the you know Snorri here is making it like all the men who are going out to to do the war because that's how he's like conceiving of things. So, um, but yeah, I think this scene's great. Um, 
just a, a lot of like romantic drama in the way that I want more of. Um, and then, uh, we get this part of burning various warlocks, uh, and like chasing one of them down. Uh, there's some good stuff in here. I um, love this, uh, little woodcut of this very stern looking sorcerer. Yeah. Drowning. <laughs> Dying on the scaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get Othin. Our guy Othin shows up. Finally, some fucking magic. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I love this chapter where just like, uh, you know, everything that we've come to associate with like, uh, Othin appearing in a story where he's like a one-eyed man. Uh, he's got a hood low over his face and he's like this old guest, um, who sort of wanders in and there's like a little bit of a test of like, how are you going to treat the de- guest that's happening? Um, and he starts telling stories to King Olivier and King Olivier is like, uh, bewitched by this mm-hmm. uh just keeps wanting to hear more um it's like time for bed and they're like come on king olivier it's time for bed you need to go like into the bed and i'll tuck you in and turn out the lights um big me talking my toddler here uh and then like stays up with the old man sitting at the foot of his bed telling him stories um and then uh when he wakes up uh he calls the cook and is like hey did that old man do anything and it's like yeah he gave me these like two fat and thick sides of beef which he said is like better meat than the poor meat that you know we were serving you um and at this point king olivier is like oh that was othin he's trying to like poison me throw out all that food um, um my the the way in which he's like i'm not gonna let odin trick me when odin's just kind of like chilling and like talking to him had big like you know that video of Bjork talking, oh, taking about the TV, being like, don't let poets lie to you? That's the energy yeah. that he has here. <laughs> one of the best videos. Yeah. If you don't know this, I'm going to link it, hopefully, in the description if I remember. It's one of the greatest videos online. Please watch it, like, six times, yeah. honestly. And, yeah. like, burn its words into your heart for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a very important. I think I just, like, put all of the audio of it at the end of an episode of Stairwells. Okay, oh, good, good. Yeah, you, like were, a, you were right to do that. Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't like have non-homophobic site and let me put anything as my top four. <laughs> might be the top four. Yeah, it might be. Oh, it's an all-time video. Um. Anyway, uh, the people of Trondheim, the the Tronders or whatever they get sometimes get referred to as, <laughs> um, they just continue to you know dr- reject uh, attempts to be Christianized. Um. And uh, basically comes to him forcing them, uh, you know, at at sword point uh, as he's wont to do. So um, I like the part where uh, they're like, OK, but you do do you still need to like come to the sacrifices? Um, this is like important to us, like meet us halfway here. Uh, and so he like shows up to the sacrifice and there's none of this like uh, I'm just sitting there pissed off and I'm going to like drape the cloth over there. No, he just like destroys the, the temple and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot more, a lot more effective destroying the idols. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've, I assume in the metaphor here, it's meant to be like Jesus going into the temple, right? Like they're trying mm-hmm. to draw the parallel. Yeah. Um, but also he does just Christianize them by just yeah. like destroying everything. <laughs> yes. That, that, that part's uh, less like Jesus. <laughs> That's <correct>. yeah. <laughs> But that is what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and, uh, he then founds Nithros, um, which is like one of the capitals basically, mm-hmm. uh, for a while, I think it was like the main capital in Norway before Oslo became the capital. Um, um, I believe that was Nithros. Uh, and he kind of uses it as like, I forget if it's, if it's his winter home. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. his winter home. Um, but basically being like, in order to like maintain power and Christianity here, I need to like have a presence. So this is, this is my winter castle. Um, and, uh, there's a part where, um, this, uh, woman named Guthrun is like offered up, uh, to marry King Olivier, um, and, they accept and uh, uh, go to bed that night and have sex. And then there's like, she tries to kill him in his sleep with a, a knife, but he wakes up um, and like gets the knife away from her and throws her out. And like, she's never, you know, seen again. This is just or like, like the Oliver Stone movie, again. Alexander. Yeah. This part in particular, <laughs> I could just like see the movie scene. Of, yes. You know, um, which is a fucking terrible movie for the record. Don't watch Alexander. I mean, you know, maybe watch I, Alexander. Because but. we watched it recently, I thought about the scene like early in The Devils. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a much better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <that's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um, uh, we then get the ship, the crane, being built. We're going to get a couple uh, big, massive warships being built. Uh, my, this is the my, first of them. My imaginary of this when it was like the crane was that he built like a modern shipyard, like an industrial shipyard, which was the coolest thing to picture for like half a second before I went, that's not it. Yeah, before he realized it was just a ship named after a bird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, the title of the ship crane is built is a bit misleading. Um. Then, uh, I I forget. I don't think we've gotten um like Carton yet. I know that that Carton and Bully show up, but I don't think yet. Yeah, no, no, we're so, we're still away from that. Yeah, so we get um the first attempt to convert Iceland, which is sending um Thangbrandir, who I think was mentioned in like another saga that we read as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, we get um two men named Seether and Hiker who uh refuse baptism. Um, and, you know, basically cause some trouble. Uh, and then I forget exactly how it all ends. It doesn't end well for, for them. Um, I know there's like one person. Oh, it's, uh, they actually end up allowing themselves to be baptized. But then, uh, this other man named, uh, Howdrecker who gets like pulled into it, um, fleas and and things go worse for all of them uh but this is like such a like small instance of christianizing people which i thought we've had like these big like christianizing areas and now we just got like a couple stragglers um i don't know if anything in particular stuck out to you in these this section not not exceptionally yeah um and yeah we get a couple other like uh farmers and stuff being defeated um, there's this part with the, the sorcery that's used. Um, is this the one where it like fills everything with darkness, but then, you know, the light of Christ once they get close. Yes. Enough or something? Yeah. Sigurd yeah. puts on his vestments and blesses the boat. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Um, and then I feel like a lot of this stuff didn't really sink in because it's just a bunch of like side stories about nope. some guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what matters um, is chapter 82, our fucking boys show up. <laughs> Yeah, so this here's where I'm hooting and hollering. Uh it is we get uh Carton and Bully showing up, getting baptized. Uh it's great. I I was thinking about while reading this um Black Style Saga and being like, man, that was a good one. Yes. <laughs> um I I I wish that this one was a little bit more gay with it too. Uh you know? Yes. Like, I just want a little bit of, like, that, that Carton Olivier, like, t- r- you know, romantic tension. So, um, but yeah, well, we get some overlap of things that are also mentioned in Lock Style Saga, um, including, like, Carton being, uh, held as a, uh, hostage, basically, all that stuff. Um, and we get, like, the baptism and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh, I liked the the chapter about uh, King Olivier Trigwison's character and accomplishments. Um, my favorite part is basically how he's beloved by his friends and feared by by his enemies, and this is why he had so much success. Uh, because the people who are friends with you will will do things because you know they like you, and then the other ones will fear you and and do the things you want because they fear you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess. Uh, does seem like a good way to be if you're trying to be a king. So yes, right after that is uh, the Leo pointing GIF as Leif Erikson shows up. The mm-hmm. one, uh, the one character from this history that actual normal people know. In yeah, I'm like I've heard of that guy. Weird. Yeah. Um. At some point, we could read uh the Vinland Saga about going over to. The- some point, we could read the manga Vinland Saga. No, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I like out of curiosity looked up the cast of mm-hmm. uh, Vinland Saga the other day, and I was like, "There's like not nearly enough people with like Thor at the start of their name. Um, there needs to be like half the cast. Uh, you need a bunch of people who are all named after one king and are like barely differentiated." Um, it might be fun to do. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> The problem is, like, looking at, look, like, we sat down to read these chapters, they're yeah. mostly fine. I'm like, maybe we should expand our remit a little bit. Because if it's history's yeah. all the way down, I don't know. Um, I want to keep podcasting with you, but I don't necessarily care about being an exhaustive expert on the history <laughs> of this stuff. Yeah. We're just looking at being like, God, 26 volumes. Yeah. <laughs> is it still running? I assume it is. Uh, I think so. Yeah. We, we would not, we would not bother until it is done. If that happens yeah. during the framework of this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I am definitely getting ready to leave this book. So, um, and I, I think there's some other stuff we can read that would be fun, but, uh, I want to move a little bit more away from like, this is just history stuff. Yes. So. Um, um, after this, we get maybe the, this best chapter, single chapter of this book, which is, uh, Thorberg. The book does not state. I read I read this chapter like three times. I'm like, why did he do this? And the only answer the book suggests is that he's really pissed he had to collaborate with anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Thorberg's like uh helps to build the the long serpent, the great beautiful ship. Um 
and he builds like part of it and other shipwrights build other parts of it. And then he defaces it and the king orders him to fix it. And he fixes, he fixes the party deface so well, the king uh, orders him to fix up the rest of it just as good. And he's like, that's great. And he becomes like the greatest shipwright in the land. And this is the most like overachiever. I don't like doing group projects. Just let me do it. You all fuck it up that I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I identify <laughs> so keenly with this man. <laughs> um, I also like the little bit of like, uh, whoever did this will die. And whoever can tell me who did this will receive like a gift. And then basically the gift is, well, you're not going to die because you owned up to it. Yes. Um, which is great. Um, yeah, this chapter is fantastic. Uh, I also love like all the descriptions of like how huge this boat is. Um, big, like, uh, you know, medieval Titanic going on here. <laughs> um, and then we get, uh, Earl Eric here, uh, returning here. I believe uh, again, that this is the one who we like first got introduced as like a 10 year old killing a bunch of people. Yes. Um, uh, and essentially at this point, I mean, we get like a little bit of like politicking, but, um, I feel like we can kind of speed some of this up because there's a lot of just uh, <laughs> this. This guy shows fighting. up with his like fucking array of battles and verse. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. definitely don't care about any of this. <laughs> battle rages. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Big battle rages uh, going on over here. Um, We do get the little thing with uh, Princess Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what happens with her. Um, But. Yeah, we get a we get a number of like, um, oh, I I do like the part where because uh, King Olivier I think ends up marrying um, mm-hmm. Princess Theria and she becomes queen, uh, and she keeps like complaining that she needs like all of her magnificent things that she had back home, uh, like at her dad's place or whatever, um, and just the funny detail of uh. Like Saint Olivier, or not uh, Saint Olivier, uh, Olivier Trigvison, um, like wandering into a marketplace, uh, and seeing stalks of Angelica, which is just like basically used as cel- like similar to celery, mm. um, and it's just like uh, you know, big for the season, not even like notably big in general, just for the season, um, and it's like oh. I know somebody who's always talking about how she wants like big things. Uh, I'm going to go take this to to the queen. Uh, And she is all upset about this. Um, I was like wondering if there's some sort of like, uh, you know, euphemism happening here, or if it truly is just like, she just is complaining that she wants big gifts. And so he gives her like a, a a big produce that he found at the farmer's market. (laughs) I really think that's it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just enjoyed it as like a weird detail. Um, but basically she ends up saying, well, you know, you need to go back and like retrieve my possessions. And this kicks off uh, truly battle raging. Um, we get a little uh, aside here for uh, Geezer the White um, and some other people who we know going to Iceland to try and Christianize them. Once again. Um, yep. <laughs> And that it's adopted at the the assembly by law, um, and uh, also um, Lever Erickson going to convert the Greenlanders, 
this is sort of the start of, I think we also get a mention of him going to um, Wineland the Good, which mm-hmm. that would be, you know, whatever area in like, I think Canada that, uh, you know, present day Canada that they landed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, then we just get like alliances forming between um, Earl Eric here, uh, King Olivier of Sweden. So we're going to have two Oliviers to make some of the fights a little bit confusing. Um, uh, yep. Yep. Sure do. Yeah. And uh, King Svein Forkbeard, who um, Svein is the one who's married to Sigrither. Uh, and it is like particularly has it out for, for um, Olivier Trigvison. Um, but uh, yeah, we get a little bit, little bit of treachery. Uh, I think the, the best of like the parts in here is when they're waiting for King Olivier, our King Olivier to approach. Um, and there's this whole, like them seeing ships and saying, Oh, let's go out to, to the ship. Um, and I, I forget which is it, um, Earl Eric here who keeps being like, Nope, that's not him. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, you know, he doesn't want to go out to fight. That's why I keep saying that that's not King Olivier. Uh, and then finally the the Long Serpent comes and they're like, oh, that's such a big, like, fuck off massive ship. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that one's him. Um, but I just like the uh, the rhythm of it. It felt very like this is from some poem or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of fighting. Uh, it's like a naval battle. Um uh, you know, full battle rages. Um, there's the part where one of King Olivier's men is a, uh, I think his name is Aner. He's a, a really good uh, bowsman, um, but he breaks his bow. And so the king gives him his, but uh, then he like gets a shot in it at the king about how his, how his bow is too, uh, too soft, you know? Yes. Um, not enough pounds on this bow for, for him to be able to shoot arrows through like wooden beams like he's been doing. Um, and so uh, he ends up fighting with his shield and sword. Um, and, oh, I like the little detail too, where um, there are some people who their like weapons are, are dull. So he like jumps down to open up some boxes uh, to pull out like sharp swords for them. And people notice that uh, blood is running down the sleeve of his coat. Um, and nobody knows when he was wounded. Um, I thought that was a fun little detail. Um, mm. but then, uh, basically as everything goes real south for, for King Olivier Trigvison, uh, he leaps overboard and there's rumors that he might be alive, but he never reappears. Yeah. So. The, the, the implication is that he might've just sank with all his armor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, no, we, we, I'm pretty sure he is out there somewhere. Who could say? Uh, yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's he, where we leave it. <laughs> I mean, he was so good at like swimming and holding Kjartan underwater homoerotically. So, I mean, maybe even with armor on, he could swim really good. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was funny because, I mean, it like, I think it just mentions too that he's, he never reappears. It's not like he's going to be a character later. Yeah. Um, which then also could have the implication of he survives, but then just like goes fully into hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically the end. Yeah, we got so many verses of battle in here. Yes, went quick because then I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one thing. So next time we have like 44 pages, but I feel like there's a lot of verse at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just like flipping through and there's like multiple pages in a row that are mostly verse. So um, hopefully next, we'll, we'll see how the reading goes next time. And then I might try and cut down our, our page count, but um, I'm hopeful that it's not going to be too much. So. Okay. Yeah, that's the end of uh, the saga of Olivier Trigvison. Yes. We did it. He sure Christianized a lot of people. It's weird. <sighs> because modern media landscape paints evangelical Christianity a certain way. And I'm I'm not here to say that it's good or bad. I mean, I do. I think it's kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> especially yeah. when it's inflicted <laughs> upon other people. Um, but it's often depicted as like, a duplicitous act like it's about consolidating power only and any person like the people doing it who are ever at the top not necessarily like you know people going around talking about it but like the people in charge are all, fundamentally i think most media depictions indicate they don't believe what they're selling um yeah and this feels so clearly like about the fact that he does believe the thing that he is selling because that's the only explanation for why he spends just as much energy converting like one or two people at a time as he does entire villages and countries um yeah the only reason you do that is because you really truly believe the thing that you're doing which is baptizing people saves their souls or whatever you know like and yeah. i i just find that an interesting i don't have anything like, there's nothing to read out of it i just I, it's so different to how christianity is depicted in modern media right yeah um <clears throat> there's also not a lot of indication like if what he was after was like power and wealth and all of that stuff um it would make more sense within this world to like form those political allegiances where you might allow people to start practice like keep practicing yes um like the the way that he is so staunch about yeah. like, <clears throat> no, if you oppose me, I will just kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, is yeah. It does feel very genuine on his part. So yeah. There's just none um, of the, like the like soft rollout that you see in other cultures where like the local customs are thus co-opted by Christianity over time. It's like, no, I got to get everyone now. Because if they, I mean, this is this is the thing. If you if you believe if you truly believe in the idea of evangelical Christianity, it makes sense. Because if you no one, everyone you don't save is going to hell. You literally have a God given edict to save as many people as possible. So I get it why you, people get zealous about it, right? Um, yeah, but um, it's just it's just weird because you wouldn't act this way if you were actually trying to do your best politicking. Um, so I feel like the only assumption you can take from this is that he truly did believe what he was selling, which doesn't make it better or worse. I just think it's interesting. That's all. Yeah. Um, I do think of not like my favorite saga in Hamspringla, but I think that uh, he might be my favorite of the Kings. And hmm. some of this is Lex Dyla saga doing some work for me um, in a way that like Hamspringla itself is not doing. Yeah. Um, but I I do I enjoy him a lot as just like a, a general character. Mm. Um when he shows up in other sagas, he's like the guy that I'm most excited about just because um 
like that whole chapter about his character and accomplishments or whatever. I, I feel like that comes through when he shows up other places too, where he's like, uh, he is like great for drama in that he's going to be like, uh, either best friends with people or like worst enemies with people. And it can like, s- s- you know, change with individual people. Yeah. Um, seeing that change happen with Kjartan is like part of the joy of him showing up in that saga. So, uh, <laughs> um, I do just enjoy him for that, but, um, yeah. Um, also pour one out for, for Queen, uh, Sigrether. Um, she's great for what little we get of her, but, um, I think it's about it. I have for that saga though. Yeah. Um, it will take us a while to get through St. Olivier saga, but oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but also I'm fine with like, we might get to the end and then just be done. So, um, If we get to that point and we decide that we're done with this book, uh, I will just maybe we can like read uh, Olosaka Kira just because it's like two pages and I think it's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it for sagas. That's it for sagas. Uh, I don't know. You've been so video game moded. I know. It's not it does it's not interesting to you. I understand this. Yeah. I mean it's a little bit, but like it's incomprehensible to me how video game moded you are. Um it's nice to just do a thing that's like for fun that I'm not trying to turn into work, uh that I could just enjoy. It doesn't really engage critic brain to play most of the games I'm playing, or if it does, it's over like if I watch a movie, the the entire experience of digesting in like the whole the thing happens right now and a game is so diffuse, like my opinions on it don't really take shape until I'm done uh, often because uh, I don't have to. I'm not like on the spot to come up with anything. Um, and so right now when I'm like busy at my day job and tired and kind of d- depressed generally, um, it's just it's just nice to sink some time into some damn video games. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I have I to watch have... like fucking four hour Peter Jackson <laughs> films uh, multiple weeks in a row. And I'm, I'm fucking sick of those. That man got away with the heist in century um, and then yeah. immediately pissed it all away. Truly fumbling the bag at the highest possible level is Peter Jackson. <laughs> um, yeah. And you see it, I, you see it like we're going to record return of the King tomorrow. And I watched that movie and I'm like, everything I hate about the Hobbit is here. It's all here. And then sometimes less each time, um, there's like there's like a good 40 minutes of that movie that is just exceptional, just fucking incredible. But it's a four hour movie. <laughs> yeah. And that 40 minutes is all like it's mostly in the first half, but it's all over the place. It's not like solid 40 minutes are great. Uh, um, Truly, the, the first movie, I think, is the best. I, I genuinely 100 percent think that is true at this point. Yeah. Um. um. I think that movie has very little that I think is like bad. Um, and most of it could be written off as like adapt- adapting Lord of the Rings, genuinely a difficult task. Um, but by the time you get to return of the King, I'm like adapting return of the King should be an easier task than you have made yourself now by setting up the things you've set up and the choices you've made. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I sometimes wonder if it's just like the amount of extra money that got thrown at him. Like if it just like stayed at that level, would it have been like, you know, it's weird. Cause you know, like, it's hard to, I do think, I do think the extra like time to do reshoots or whatever probably helped quite a bit. Um, I know a part of that went into like the Gollum rethink that happened in between movies one and two. And that's like a big deal for film history, just straight up. Um, even if I'm kind of split on the results coming back to it. Um, and I, this is why I, I don't watch movies because it's just fucking exhausting to have this brain go all the time. And I don't <laughs> feel like this when I'm playing fucking Sweet It in two, you know, I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to collect another guy. I'm going to level up. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, b- but also it's like, you're doing reshoots and you're finishing your special effects in, uh, in like 10 months between movies. Like you gotta, you gotta fucking hit the premiere in November and it, 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 you know, the movie hits in December and we're giving you more money to f- fix the thing and do reshoots in cr- just like a barreling train wreck waiting to happen. Um, yeah. And like by all accounts, that's just what the Hobbit was from the jump. They did not have the two years of everyone learning how to ride a horse and do sword training and chilling out. It was, uh, you know, MGM going, well, Guillermo's not going to do it. So you've got like 18 months to fucking make three movies right now. You've got to sh- start shooting immediately. <laughs> um, and so it makes sense. It went the way it did. But it, like King Kong fucking sucks. His King Kong is not a good film. And I'm yeah. sad about that because I like King Kong. And I think Peter Jackson's a guy who understands why King Kong is good. He just didn't do any of that on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I say this is like, I'm not like a huge fan of his like pre I like a heavenly creatures a lot. I think that movie, I remember that movie being really good. I think the frighteners, I understand why they gave him more money after they're like, Oh, this guy could probably do something like with this fantasy thing that no one gives a shit about, uh, after seeing the frighteners. Um, but like his like splat stick, goofy comedy stuff. I'm not like the hugest fan of, I think it's fine. Um, but just watching that whole ship sink slow in slow motion, kind of tragic. Uh, yeah. Truly, if you ever wanted to be mad about awards, the way that the Lord of the Rings awards went is a crystallization of why you shouldn't care. And I, I say this as someone who got out of the Oscar game a long time ago. I don't even want to like, even if my faves win, I don't care. I don't, I try very hard not to think about it for my own sake, Sandy's sake. Yeah. Um, they're not going to give it to fellowship. They're not going to give any awards to fellowship. Got a bunch of nominations, but like they know there's two more coming. And they don't really feel good about giving it to fantasy shit anyway, because it's the fucking Oscars, especially in 2001. Um, what one in 2001? Do you know off the top of your head? Probably some garbage. <clears throat> I was just looking up Academy Awards stuff. 2001 Best um, Picture. Gladiator. Gladiator's fine. Um, wait, no, that would have been that would have been the for the year. God, I hate the Oscars. Yeah, it's the year after. What won the next year? <laughs> um. I'm trying to find just like a list of, of Best, the a years. beautiful mind, beautiful mind, fucking oh. terrible movie compared to yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. It's like it's a beautiful mind, Gosford Park in the bedroom, which I haven't seen. A Fellowship, Moulin Rouge. I could see an argument for Gosford Park. It's a very good movie, but it's just a very good movie. Um, Moulin Rouge. I I think Moulin Rouge is fine. I like it more than most people. I like musicals a lot, uh, but it's not the fucking Fellowship of the Ring. And you get to Return of the King, like, well, we've got to give them everything we would have given them now. And the movie sucks. <laughs> the movie's like half good at best. And yet here's a mountain of awards because we didn't give them to Fellowship because what if Fellowship was really good? What if the next movie after Fellowship was even better? It's not 
Two Towers is not as good as Fellowship. But what if it was? What if they'd given Fellowship 11 Oscars or whatever, and then Two Towers comes out and it's a better film? Then they're fucked. Three years where the, the Lord of the Rings gets like 10 plus Oscars every year. Um, couldn't do that. So they have to give it to the last one. And awards don't matter. They're truly just a merit system. Um, yeah. Don't care. <laughs> Try not to care. <laughs> um. Oh, Chicago beat it out. Beat out two towers. Chicago is probably better than two towers. What else? What else? Uh, we got Chicago, yeah. Gangs of New York, The Hours, The Pianist. Well, fuck Roman Polanski. Um, yeah, I have not seen The Hours. I should watch The Hours. I think Gangs of New York is the clear winner here. <laughs> Having not seen The Hours, of course, I think Gangs of New York is great. Yeah, I would have to go and rewatch them. The Gangs of New York and Chicago scratch very different issues for me. So. Yes. Um, Chicago's good. I think I'd, pref- I think I'd prefer Moulin Rouge to Chicago, and I know that's probably not a popular opinion for people who like uh, musicals. Mm. I feel they're, like they're everyone like, I know like who likes musicals in my head. loves Chicago, and I like it. I think it's yeah. fine, but I'm not. Moulin like- Rouge is also good. Yeah, I just don't think Rob Marshall is like a director I go to for movies that I'm going to care a lot about. <laughs> Um, I was like, Moulin Rouge was right around the same. So Moulin Rouge was the year before and yeah. lost to Beautiful Mind. Yeah. With yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Fucking. And then the, the 2004 year is Return of the King, Lost in Translation, Master and Commander. Fuck. Throw all these other movies in the garbage. Master and Commander is here. Uh, yeah. Mis- Mystic River, which I have not seen, and Seabiscuit, which I have also not seen. Um. um. The Master, big... Master and Commander is so fuck. If you have not seen Master and Commander, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've not seen Master and Commander, I promise you it scratches so much of the same itches that we like when what, the sagas are good of just some yeah. guys being guys <laughs> going on horrible adventures and not being in love. But you can definitely read it that way if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know the one the year for me with with the Oscars uh, where I was just like. Like that happened. This year happened, and I just like willed myself to stop caring, and I never cared about it since. Uh, is when Crash won. Um, oh, okay, that for is, the, the seventy eight. Yeah, because yeah. that movie is just so awful. I've never seen um, it. It's just a, and it, you know, for for those who are unfamiliar, it's not the um, what nineteen ninety five one or nineteen ninety six mm-hmm. the the Cronenberg yeah. movie. Um, yeah, it's the this like the anti racism one. Yeah, uh, that's just like very weird and muddled and bad about it. Yeah, I'm probably um, never gonna watch this movie in my life. I'll be honest. There's with you. like way too many fucking characters for like any yeah. of the emotional stuff that they want to have hit hit. Um, and I'm not saying that like all the other stuff it was going up against was like the height of cinema. Probably my favorite of these is that it beat out was Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So, so for the record, it is Brokeback, uh, which I love. Great movie. Uh, yeah. Capote, uh, which I have not seen. Uh, Good Night and Good Luck, which I, of course, love. And Munich, which I think is like secretly maybe the best modern Spielberg film. Eh, that's not true. But it's up there. I think Munich's really good. Though I'd probably also yeah. give it to Brokeback Mountain. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um... But basically any of, I don't know if I've seen Capote, but basically yeah. any of these I think is better than Crash. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> um, really should Crash have been Brokeback Mountain. Like, what, are we, what are we doing here? What are you yeah. doing? And I um, know it got Best Director, but like, 
Come on. I, I didn't see any of these movies. No, I saw Good Night and Good Luck when it came out. I didn't see any of these movies on release, uh, even though this is like peak movie going period, because 2006 is um, I've I've dropped out of college because I don't have any fucking money. Um, but what I do have is uh, the capacity to go to our old one screen theater on midnights on Fridays and Saturdays where they play repertory films. So and I can also buy DVDs at Walmart for three dollars. And I was only, I was basically doing what I do now where I mostly was only watching old shit and weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. This was also the start of like this was me uh, going into um, undergrad. <laughs> uh. And so it's also this period where it's like, I, I am just watching a ton of movies now because I'm like doing, uh, you know, cinema stuff for like my coursework. Mm. Um, and so truly like the last year as well of me, I remember my film studies professor also just like when crash one coming in and then like ranting about how it's like, uh, how how he feels like a fool for caring about the Oscars, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the year um, after this, for the record, very bad year for cinema. Um, the, the best picture uh, nominees are The Queen, uh, which is not very good. Little Miss Sunshine, that movie can go fuck itself. I hate that movie. I have not. I still have not seen that one. Good. Don't, don't. Uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, which is like boring. I'm like, that's the last movie I ever saw with my dad. We went to see Letters yeah. from Iwo Jima. Um, which I, I went to see movies with my dad like five times in my life. He's not a movie going guy, but um, it's fine. Babel, which I have not seen, to be fair. And then The Departed, which is not very good. Yeah. Of course, giving Scorsese uh, the Oscar for maybe his most boring movie. Uh, uh, they do love to do that. Yeah. I say they this. Do. I say this is a huge Scorsese fan. I, I, there's only like three, two or two, three of his movies I haven't seen. Um, like almost all of them, love many of them. Uh, Departed ain't it. It really yeah. is not it. I feel like there's so many stuff in the Oscars where it's like many times uh, somebody probably should have won, uh, and it just builds up after a while that they didn't yeah. just like get it for whatever their new thing is, even though yes. they're like kind of like on the downswing in their career. I mean, it makes sense because The Departed is um, evoking the kind of movies that he was popular for, right? Like, it evokes yeah. your Goodfellas uh, kind of film. Um, yeah. And uh, so, of course, he gets it for that and not like The Aviator, which is a much better movie, but it's a fucking biopic. They're not going to give a biopic best picture. Get your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's got to be for for one where you watch it and you're like, oh, man, it's such a shame that he never got an Oscar. Yeah. Um, thinking about all those great movies that never got an Oscar. <laughs> Shutter Island. Shutter Island is like a B movie you rented a blockbuster in the 90s and you watch it and you go, well, that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Much better movie than The Departed, though. And I, <laughs> I mean that in the most loving way about Shutter Island. Shutter Island, like, sucks positive, like, positively. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up, Siri. No one's talk to you. <laughs> oh, finally, I got a Siri. <laughs> I was gesticulating wildly, which makes your watch wake up, and then I must have said yeah. something. You know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I don't because I don't I got, have Siri on. I got on heated. Myself, I got fucking but... heated. You, yeah. you wanted me to talk about movies. Here we are. I'm running down <laughs> Oscar shit and getting heated. Um. Anyway. I also feel like I'm coming to the end of like talking about Gundam. Oh, I, I listened to Puton today and I was like, yeah. I 
we have you need you need a new hobby because your Gundam time is coming to an end and uh everyone's sick of Gundam (laughs) yeah no I I have reached the point where I'm like I'm caught up and I'm like ready to be done you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh like right at the time that I'm caught up with GGP I'm just like I think I, I think I'm done watching Gundam um Obviously, I'll still be watching two a week along with the podcast. Uh, yeah, but you're like done. You don't have any. You don't have any yeah. homework to do. Yeah, I'm watching Witch from from Mercury, and I'm like far enough into Core Two that I'll at least finish that one. It, you're not. You're like down on that one, right? I feel like season two has been like a little bit more interesting, mm-hmm. but um, I still feel like there's a lot. One is I don't know how things are going to end and how things are going to end are like really going to color everything for me. Is this going to be like two cores and they're done? Does anyone know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I sort of heard of it as like, that was the initial plan, but it could it's, be. It is so successful though. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not be surprised if there was more, yeah. um, I which also means like that I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the end of like this first core and then I'm going to be like mad because they're going to do another stupid thing where like they keep building up to something happening and something happening and then it like doesn't happen. And then like the post uh, ED section, like the next time on, uh, then like finally happens, but in a way that's just like purely uh, come back next time. We're, we like keep you in suspense and then I'll come back next time. Cause I'll be like, well, they finally fucking did the thing that they need to do. Um, and then nobody will react to it for episodes. And I'll be like, what the fuck is this show? Which has just been how I've been responding to it so far. So, mm. um, they still haven't like really dealt with the like, uh, core one cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. Like, I mean, like, like they have like a vague, I have like a vague idea of what people were upset about when that happened, but like not who, not who it happened to. Like, I know who did it, right? Like, I've seen the images. I'm online. And I don't have mutes yeah. on. Um, so people want to know what I'm spoiled on for uh, G-Witch. Very clear um, that uh, she crushed a guy or something. And everyone was like, oh, can you believe how hardcore this was? And I was like, I mean, I happened to Camille's mom in, like, episode four. I don't give a shit. Get out of here. Yeah. No, it, it purely is just the entire first chorus, like, uh, all about, like, the potential of Gundam to, you know be medical technology for people and everything. And it's just like them at a school. So there's no like actual violence. Um, and at Have the very end, anything about the, like the Gundam is uh, clearly alive and has the brain patterns of probably her mom in it. Is that like a thing? Uh, yeah, it's not her mom, but okay. yeah. I, I, yeah. I watched the prologue in episode one when they premiered and haven't thought much about it since. So, yeah, well, so the prologue, is before the brain patterns get actually canonically get in there. Okay. <laughs> so that's I feel like just... the prologue's building up to selling you the idea that like this Gundam is like neurologically linked to her specifically. That's why it's like important and good. Yeah. It's neurologically linked to uh the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Siletta, episode. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just nodding at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah. This this is all stuff that like is part of the, the whole reveal. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. I'm just I'm just talking through the few things I know. Uh, I I've seen fewer and fewer people posting about that pink haired girl who seemed really cool. Other than she's in the DVD version and shots that she was not in in the broadcast version, which is fine. Oh. We'll be watching the Blu-ray version by the time we get there. Um, 
I could see that people, I don't think that they knew what they had when they first introduced that character. The thing, um, the, the, genuinely, the most exciting thing about Witch for Mercury is I think the character designs look good. I'm like, man, yeah. modern anime hits Gundam, finally. Um, there, there are, like, ways that I don't enjoy the character designs, but mm-hmm. um, there are also just ways that sometimes I don't gel with, like, modern anime sensibilities all look, the time. I have been subjected to Kiri Yamato for a year and a half. I'm fucking sick. Oh, it, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> It's better than it's better than see Destiny. What do you want me to say? Yes, <laughs> it's better I than see, than I see Destiny. any yeah. anime at this point, and I'm like, man, there's so much higher we can go than fucking Kiriyamato down in the dirt. The same character design three times with slightly different hair shades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. Anyway, um. Yeah. But so the the whole ending is this like, oh, the Gundam is actually a weapon of violence. This is like an intrinsic thing to the Gundam. Uh, but they do it as a cliffhanger. And then it takes them a really long time for the, the show in core two to like address that theme again. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, all I, all I know about core two is they went back to the school stuff and everyone was like really surprised that anime would did nothing um and then the girls broke up because mirin's like oh i'm gonna break up with you to protect you and sula is taking it really badly that's all i know from the posts yeah um that's all technically accurate there yeah. they do don't just do the school stuff they do okay. get back to where it's at but it does just go back to like school and i was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> for a while mm-hmm. um yeah, no, it's finally starting to do some of the actual thematic stuff that I wanted it to do. Well, you see, you get to the second season, and Callan's now a bunny girl, and Rolo's here, and you're like, who the fuck's this kid? <laughs> what, wait, what is this? <laughs> I'm talking about Code Geass. Oh, okay. A fucking um, good anime, a good mech anime. People should watch Code That's not true. Code Geass sucks, but it sucks in such an exquisite, yeah. like, positive way. Um, Again... Gundam Seed's taking everything from me. I'm over here saying yeah. Code Geass is good. That's not true. Code Geass is bad anime, but it's, uh, it, it has energy and I care. Connor and I keep talking about how we should do Code Geass on uh, Ghost Divers at some point. Are you going to um, sco- are you going to scoop it from before we get to do it for GGP? Maybe. I mean, I'm kind of leaving it up to Connor to be because I've never seen it. Connor has, mm. um, but he talks about it to me sometimes, like not on podcasts. He doesn't like bring it up in the context of like we're talking about IBO or something. But just sometimes when we're hanging out, he will bring up stuff about code gas. And I'm like, do you just really want to do this? <laughs> um, it's still bizarre to me that he doesn't know like the pizza girl. I'm like, that's the only thing I know from Code Geass is the Pizza Hut girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, I guess the product placement was removed, but not the pizza. The version I watched did not have any of the pizza stuff, but I mean, she, she hangs around, she eats pizza all the time. She's got a, she's got a stuffed plushie that's pizza coon. Like it's still there. You couldn't take, they took out the logos, but the pizza is pervasive. Yeah. There is a robot at the end of season one. that's entire job is to make a big pizza for like the school gathering. (laughs) There's a pizza tossing mech. And Kogius is still a bad show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Instead, I next week I gotta start watching Psychopaths. So. Man, that's a that's a pretty good show. Yeah. It, the thing is, I feel like our me and ja- me and Jackson specifically our f- enjoyment of Psychopaths has colored people to expect too much. It's a good cop anime. I enjoy it. 
Um, the funny thing is, like, Connor's slightly disappointed because me going through uh, GGP, I uh, found out more just, like, generally about what uh, Psychopass is. Uh-huh. Because whenever we do the intro episode, we'll have to, like, fully dive into, because Connor probably remembers some of the stuff that I said, because he would remember more distinctly what I'm talking about. But I, like, fused it in my head with some other thing that was, like, happening in the afterlife and, like, people testing people. Uh, And I think it was, like, a psychopath, psychopomp, like, thing happening in my head. Okay. Um, And so for... I, I just, like, for a long time... I think it might also be a thing where people talk about, like, the first season being good and then, like, later yes. seasons not or something. Well, yeah, Urobochi bounces after season one, so. Yeah. I've not watched. I watched season one. I watched the movie. I have no intention of watching the rest um, for many reasons. Yeah. One, I'm going to die someday. Two, the guy who's writing now is, like, a he's a fucking asshole. That guy sucks. Like, genuinely. Um, yeah. And two, and three, uh, Jackson Washington said, eh, there's, like, some things that would be kind of funny, but it's not worth doing. So that's enough for me. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Um, but I still haven't figured out what the other anime was that Connor told me about that fused the psychopaths in my yeah. head. But yeah, I don't. I'm like, yeah, I'm like Haibani Renmei, maybe. No. Okay. No, I remember that one. I'm like, I'm like trying to think of anime about the afterlife that I know about because that's not what psychopaths is about at all. Psychopaths is just a cop show. Um, yeah. Um. So. Um, I have no clue, but I'm excited to get to it. We're doing eight episodes at a time, which I'm worried is going to be a bit much, but ooh, um, yeah, they're modern anime. So like not as much happens. Um, so it'd probably be fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, like I imagine watching eight episodes of a Tomino show and I just become a Yamcha creator instantly. Like, it's like, what are we yeah. doing here? <laughs> yeah. I like, I was like, Connor, you need to like, tell me if we have to do like, uh, cause it's like 22 episodes. So uh-huh. like, you know, two six episode and like two five episode, yeah, epi- like discussion episodes. Um, because if this is like standalone complex in that like every episode is its own little enclosed case, but then is also tying into an over, like we can't do eight episodes. Like, yeah, Psychopaths is not Psychopaths is much more like a. No- I it's weird because like I think I think standalone complex is more thoughtful as like a construction that you rotate in your mind. I think I like Psychopaths more, and I think its themes resonate more with me, but it's more of a normal show. Yeah. Um, um, I'll be very also interested really... to see what you think about it. I, I will probably listen to that season, um, yeah. because I most of the time can't listen to Ghost Divers, because you talk about shit I'm going to watch someday. I mean, we've done past seasons on shit you've done. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know You know. I can't listen to your lane up uh, season because I have to listen to Autumn call lane mid. I will go psycho. <laughs> I will just I will just become yeah. guts. I will just like find a sword and ruin my entire life and the lives of everyone around me. <laughs> um, But like there's Bacchano and Paranoia Agent. Yes. I listen um, to your Bacchano episodes. They were good. Okay. Paranoia um, Agent I just never think about. Like I'm, I'm like the world's yeah. like most meh Paranoia Agent fan. I think it's a good show, but I never think about it. So didn't bother that one um jc was a fun guest for for baka especially for what that show is having somebody mm-hmm. who's just like really going to have fun with the the jokes of it yes uh, was good so um yep. and the utena season so my thing is i want to rewatch utena um yeah which i because ha- i watched utena over ten, probably 15 years ago now um 
and I would like to rewatch it. And I just have, I was, I, you know, I was going to do that when another podcast was doing it. And then that podcast kind of fell apart. And so I only got as many episodes in as they did. Um, mm. And uh, th- that's it. And I've still never seen the movie. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> you need to see the movie. I do need to see the movie. I read but the manga also recently. Watching, that was in my modern framework. Uh, the manga is interesting. Uh, people have not read. Did you cover the manga? Um, I think I talked about it a little bit on the the episode for the movie. Okay. Um, I was not that taken by the manga. No, although, no, no. I, I'm not saying it's like exceptional. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. You know. Yeah, there are some interesting choices. Um. um also, the rare season. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to listen to that yet. I think our Ava season was good, but I'm not going to make you think about anything. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You could not. You you would have to pull in. You'd have to like make it a favor for me to listen to people talk about Evangelion in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> even people uh, I like, even my dearest friends. I don't want to listen to anybody talk about Ava. You're and you're not going to get anything from the 08th MS team episodes. No, uh, no, no, no. I mean. I would rather listen to people talk about Ava than talk about Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that leaves the season I don't think anybody should listen to, which is our first one. Um, at some point, we'll like redo or something. Um, yeah. I think our I think our first season on Santa Long Complex uh, had issues for multiple reasons, but um, I um, yeah, I I, 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 told, I was like. I would love to crash your podcast. However, I'm not going to watch extra anime. I watch too much anime as it is. So I will never yeah. crash your podcast. I would love to be a guest for a season, but it's never going to happen. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe some point you'll just be full anime mooded and then it will happen. But it hasn't happened it. for a while. And yeah. it's really hard to because the thing with the thing with like my moods like this is I have to go through a fallow period to hit a period where I'm just like, that's all I want. Um and I, I'm not allowed to have a fallow period with anime because I've got to do my fucking job. Talk about anime. Yeah. Um, so I just am hanging on. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I'm excited to watch uh, Igloo. It's going to fucking suck. It'll probably be really funny in the ways it sucks, though. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, I've seen just like some stills from it and woof. It yeah. looks bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. <laughs> um. Yeah, the other season is uh, the Crow High season. So you could watch that. It's like 13 episodes. It's 26, but they're like half length episodes. So it's, it's 13. Um, um, you, uh, you watch Endless Waltz, right? Yeah. How was that? Um, I, did en- I did enjoy it a lot more than the ending of the show, but... I don't think I have quite the same divide in, in like my head and my heart that you do. That I do um, where I'm like, I'm like truly unhinged about how much I like endless vaults specifically. <laughs> yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, I, I like wrote out w- what I think are my current rankings and it's like, uh, uh save that. The people got to listen okay. to GDP. <laughs> I'm just saying there's one, there's one thing in between Gundam wing and Gundam wing endless vaults. Oh, you didn't put endless vaults in your top five. Like I did. Like I'm a crazy person. No. No, yeah, um, that's fine. I need to. Re- yeah. I mean, my thing is, I make th- I make a new list at the end. I don't look at the old list. I make a new list off the top of my head. At the end of every season it makes Jackson's brain itch. But this is how I do it. Um, so who knows where it'll end up? Uh, the one thing I still haven't ranked is G Savior because I yeah. still have to watch that. Yeah. Um, I bet it'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, 
I also have the SD Gundam Gaiden to watch, but oh, yeah, um, we don't even we didn't yeah. even rank those because yeah, I I was like I don't even want to think about how to break that up. I don't care. Um, yeah, that's my lowest priority. But I mean, most of them are are not that great. No. Um, my favorite was uh, there was the part that was like broken into three parts. That's uh, actually I don't know if you watched all of uh five because i don't think it was all translated when you know a lot of stuff yeah there, there's more stuff we're like we want to do a wrap-up but there's like one last thing that hasn't been translated yet that they're working on uh and yeah. when that happens we will go back and do everything we didn't cover the first time so and i think you didn't talk about it on the episode even though it's a thing that doesn't need to be translated because it's a made-up language um but there's this like three short segments in mark five i think uh-huh. um where uh they're like based on some sort of like old sculpture or something. Okay. Uh, but it's like the little Gundams like that. And they speak this like made up language. Uh, and it's just them like trying to like, uh, get like this rock out of a hole and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like pure physical comedy. Like there's no puns and stuff going on. Uh-huh. Uh, and the animation is just like fun and loose. So I think that's my favorite of all like okay. the individual things. I think, um, I think my favorite is the one that's just the puns on the episode titles, the really short one. I think that one's really cute. Yeah. That's really good too. In um, like the opposite direction, but it was also really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, the problem is like the one I re- one of the ones I really like just has some of the like grossest shit in it, which is the the one where like there's the fucking space club that Bright's trying to get into, mm-hmm. and I think it's often very the literal ghost parade in that in that one. They they truly just have all of the dead women in a fucking conga line, and I think yeah. it's great. But also, it's got like some of the worst jokes in it. Uh, yeah. So you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, that one's a real mixed bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But uh, I'll I'll say here just uh, well unless G Savior ends up in my top four, uh, <laughs> which I don't think it will. Yeah. But uh, for those listening here who just want to like figure out how it would fit, um, when I did my little ranking because I I told like Connor everything I've watched. Here's the ranking uh, after we recorded. Um, yeah. IBO's four. Okay. So. Well, you need a ranking without IBO when you come on my podcast. You're yeah, it's not going to be on there when I go on your podcast. But that's for listeners who are okay. listening to this. They get a little special. They can, in their head, slot in how that will fit. I so. hope I'm not an IBO hater. I really hope I like it because everyone I know likes it. Yeah. I, I would, I I would that feel in, bad if I was like, I don't know about this one. I don't know. I don't know how much you will love it, but I think that you and Jackson will both appreciate the fact that, like, um, there is actual like geopolitical world building happening and like stuff like there are things that happen because that's like the actual political things at work that would cause that to happen rather yes. than like, like I think of all the AU stuff that I've watched so far, that's like not Tomino. No. Um, it's the one that like most understands that side of it of like, there are like factions moving and like political forces happening. Yes. And that's like a major influence on the story itself and what's going to happen um even when like all the other genre conventions around like shonen anime are like well these boys are striving hard you know um so yeah i think that's what's great about it but uh i don't know how exactly it will rank um i also from what i know about some of the other stuff around it i feel like it will also be like a, a moment of like oh that was good um there's also directly in front and behind it there's an episode that and i won't say what one 
but that I think that like uh, you and Jackson could be down on if not for the episode after it. And they are going to come like in sequence if you're doing like two at a time. So okay. you are going to get like that first and then the other one after. Nice. Um, which I think like that work, week where I was out. like, man, the colony drop in double Zeta was not really impactful. Then the next week, hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, it yeah. just kind of went thud. That was, that was very, uh, anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so otherwise I could see an entire episode where you're like complaining about like how this episode went and how stupid this is, yeah. um, without getting the episode that's like, JK, this isn't how the world actually works. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you do two week, you just get lined up to be hoisted by time and history. That's all. Yeah. You have, um, to, you have to accept that there will be egg on your face as you have to react to everything in its own little vacuum every week. So, yeah, I mean, I, when it was first airing episode by episode, I'm sure there were people with egg on their face. So, yeah. Um, and also the other way around where people liked it and then were upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think that also happened, but um, yeah. Um, I'm really glad to never talk about Gundam again after two weeks. And I will be watching Gundam, but it won't be this. We will not be here talking about your mighty catch up. You can go do something else. Yeah, truly. Uh, I started watching anime that's not Gundam this week, oh, and watching? I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell you right now. Okay. Because I'm probably going to finish it next week. Okay. So. Is it, like, gonna, be, is it really gonna be something I'm really excited about? Will I care? Um, I know for a fact you have not seen it. Okay, then I don't care. <laughs> uh, famously, one of the things that you, like, watched an episode of during GGP and bounced immediately. Oh, Okay. You probably you probably know now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you want me? Do you want me not to say it? You can say it. Is it Yurikuma Rashi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a Blu-ray of that. I tend to go back now. Now that I've been sufficiently brain poisoned by anime, that I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. There's some weird feet shit in the OP. It, I don't even bat an eye at that now. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's also like. I think there's a more so than sometimes in anime, there is like an intentional thing happening there, but also mm-hmm. it is still doing it, you know? Um, but there's like a, I think that, and this goes with the whole premise of Yurikuma Arashi, where it's like the, you know, girls who are bears and they're like going and eating these other girls. Yeah. Uh, there's like a way that it's like trying to engage with like the, the trope of like the queer sexual predator. And then like, yes, uh, actually mess with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's part of the, the beginning. The first like two episodes are the roughest. And then so far, the, the rest I've seen so far, I was like, yeah. oh, this is just a normal show with a really horny OP. <laughs> I um, Multiple things happen. One, I've watched thousands of episodes of anime in between now and the last when I tried to watch that. Um, two, I've been through years of therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and three, I, I don't know. I just, I, all of those two things have combined to make me very un um i feel like i've let go of a lot of like the pearl clutching tendencies that can happen when you're like you know a progressive leaning person who's watching anime and like oh what is this scandalous pervert shit that sometimes happens to people um you get over it you get over it (laughs) yeah like i'm much more confident in myself i will watch the horny bear anime someday because i'm curious um because i'd like to because people i know have said it's good um and it's got bears you know, and in, and in Sikuni, I mean, it's yes. very explicitly in, in some moments, like referencing Utena. Yeah. Um, 
I was watching the first episode uh, and texted Autumn. Yukuni loves to have people walk up really ornate stairwells to like a platform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, we also love that. <laughs> we have uh, an entire podcast called. I was going to say, I feel like you are yeah. the most uh, <laughs> like that in the world. So, yeah, it's great when people walk up ornate stairs to go face face some uh, destiny. Um, I have been surprised at because at the beginning, um. I was like, oh, this is kind of doing an Utena thing. And I feel like it's moved at like a faster clip, which makes oh. sense. It's 12 episodes. But um, yeah, it was like, I really hope this isn't just like entirely recapitulating Utena. Because, uh, you know, it's the thing I have not liked about Witch from Mercury. <laughs> I've heard they've gotten away from that. They cool. have. Yeah. Um, But and it's been better for it as it as it's done that. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I'll probably start watching more movies again too. I keep saying that I'll do that, but then my life does not permit me to do it. So. Yeah. Um. I've also still been watching uh Columbo along with uh well, that, that I'm still watching totally. I'm listening to Total Reprise because it's great. Uh. We support Molly in this house, but yeah, um, you could not get me to watch Columbo. How's Columbo? Is it stopped being boring? I feel like it's gotten a little bit better, but it is still sometimes hit or miss. But it's like I feel like it hits a little bit more, like, mm-hmm. um, but also like the fundamental issues that I think both of us sometimes have with Columbo is like not entirely absent. Um, sometimes it's just like a little bit more funny and charming on the way. Yeah. Uh, so, um. I, I do have to say, though, I just and like nobody tell me if this happens because I want to be surprised. But I just really want like a blackmailer in a Columbo show to not immediately get murdered by the murderer for trying to blackmail them. Uh, I want somebody to just like and this is not going to happen. This is not what TV at the time is going to allow to happen uh, because someone doing blackmail also needs to be punished. Um, but I just really want like a blackmailer to just like get the money. Uh, and then the like murderer gets got and the blackmailer just like gets to have the money, but I know it's not going to happen. They they would not permit that. So, um, but truly right now there's no reason to ever blackmail. You're just going to die. So they should let one of the murderers get away with it is what they should do. They should, um, there there have been sometimes I think they've gotten a little bit better at like there's a murder where I'm like, oh, that person just deserved it. Like uh, that guy sucked. Um, she didn't even mean to kill him. It's fine. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, but then they will be the blackmailer and then they'll kill the blackmailer. And then it's like, well, OK, it's a little bit worse. But it's still there's still some people where I'm like, mm, that person was shitty. It's fine. Just let him just let him go. Columbo. <laughs> Um, but I think we're about done. I think we're done. It's ten. Yeah. I gotta edit this. I gotta go. I gotta play a bit of Movlo before I go to bed because I'll be wired after doing this, and uh, I still have to get up for work tomorrow. You know, all the things. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a phone call. So <laughs> what? Do you have to take it? Uh, no. Okay. 
I if it's important, I will call back. But okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. We uh. Next week are watch are reading Olaf Saga Helga chapters one through fifty five. For the record. Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me at Fox Omnia on Twitter, AnyList, Letterbox. If if it ex- if I'm on it, I'm Fox Omnia. So uh, still not on Blue Sky. You are. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't. Um, gonna, no, I was not going to plug Blue okay. Sky. Where I, I can have believe all that. I can believe followers. that. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> it, I mean, I put. I posted on Main that I have a Blue Sky. I didn't like post a screenshot of it or anything because I don't. Nobody has fucking Blue Sky. Yeah. Is the most like people that like you recognize on Twitter but don't actually like interact with. Like it's like oh that's a big name on Twitter. That's it. If you're in your late 30s and you're like kind of big and annoying on Twitter, you're on Blue Sky right now. It's literally <laughs> the home for retired tweeters. <laughs> Well, then why aren't I on there? I, I when I get a code, I will hit the homies up. Uh, I think I get them over time as I like use the site more. Yeah. Um, and I will I will offer them out to people who I think will use them. But the reality is, it's a fucking ghost town, and everyone's kind of waiting for it to open up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, go listen to my other podcasts: Ghost Divers, uh, Ornate Stairwells, and Pondering Puton, all three of which I think we've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Sterile's is uh, going by weekly, oh, and yeah. I had this. I had this moment where I was like, I would, I could pitch to you that Sterile's doesn't have to be bi weekly. You just have different hosts, hosts on different weeks, and this podcast became bi weekly. <laughs> and yeah. then I didn't do that because I don't, I don't think I have the bandwidth for it. But on some level, I wanted to. Um, yeah, the options there. If if you really feel compelled, I, I would have to figure it out. But um, my guess is we would still record Wednesdays or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I yeah. just watched the movie on like Sunday night or whatever. Um, yeah. but we're not going to probably, um, I just thought about it cause ultimately, um, I like talking about movies with you. We just, I'm not watching movies and we're not watching the same stuff. So it never comes up. Yeah. Um, um that's all people should listen to several Cerebral. Cerebral's is fucking good. Yeah, I feel like our last episode was good, although I don't remember mo- the thing. Sterles is the most I don't remember what the fuck I talked about. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, um, that's fair. Because like, I mean, it's always about a particular movie, but honestly, it, that a movie is usually about twenty percent by volume of the podcast. So yeah, and I, I mean, a lot of it is about movies. But <laughs> yes, I mean, yes, I mean, but that when you do a podcast about a movie. Uh, most of the time that movie does not fill up the majority of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, uh, that's that's part of it. I'm just saying that there's some podcasts where I, when I see that they've dropped, they will be my first stop in the morning when I'm at work. And Stairwells is one of those podcasts. Um, there aren't very many. There aren't very yeah. many of them, to be honest. It's like Stairwells. It's... um. <laughs> more civilized age usually um, yeah especially now that i'm watching along that might be it that might be it <laughs> um yeah i think truly part of the reason why uh sometimes i forget what i talk about on stairwells um is recording it in person just means that like it's so much easier to just be like oh we're just like hanging out chatting even though we're like sitting in my closet in front of a mic it's yes. still like different than you know sitting on the sofa or something yes. um but it's still enough that I'll kind of forget in the way that right now I'm staring at a laptop with headphones on uh it's just harder to forget <laughs> mm. that I'm like I, um, on mic 
for the record, Just King Things, also one of these. I'll always stop for Just King Things. Uh, one oh, of my yeah. Favorite podcasts. Uh, I, um, I was going to, I, I, yeah, part of, part of the thing with the uh, stairwells that like, it's part of the reason I don't want to, I don't try to crash it very often is because like the vibe is that you're there hanging out, watching a movie and talking about it. Right. Even like now that you're breaking up watching and whatever, part of the appeal is that it's two of you in the same room having a thing, uh, conversation. Right. And yeah. Um, I just don't, you know, it's weird when it's like, like whenever I podcast with like Autumn and Nora, right. And they're in the same room. It's like you have to get them to stop talking to each other <laughs> like they're in the same room <laughs> because they'll just go on a fucking like two person comedy show. And I'm like, we're doing a there's a three person show, three or four person show here. Please stop. Please stop being married for a second and had do the damn podcast. <laughs> um, and yeah. like in steroid, when I've when I've podcasted with you and Autumn, it's not that bad. Thank God. Um, but there is still the vibe when two people are in a room and no one else is. Um, that it's it's not like impossible, but it is it is sometimes a little weird, you know. Um, yeah. Um. There's just like not like body cues and stuff is part of it. Um, yeah. It's so much easier for me to know when like Autumn is annoyed that I keep talking. <laughs> yes. So. I would not be rude enough to tell you if I was annoyed that you kept talking. So you just have to figure it out. Yeah, but like if we were in a room, I would probably still get body language. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, is you can't use me like turning away and being like, I'm gonna look at my phone for a second as me not listening. Um, I've never recorded a podcast with another person in the same room before. I have no idea what that'll be like if I ever do it. Yeah. That's just what you got to vi- visit and we'll just do the worst audio ever sitting on my patio. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. It's fine. No one cares. The hangout vibes will be enough. Yeah. You can make some Indian food. Um, we can smoke oh, some yeah. cigarettes. It'll be great. I made the first saga of the summer. Yeah. So good. I saw. I was like, man, I'm jealous. Um, I We just get like a CSA box, community-supported yes. agriculture. Uh, and you just get greens constantly. And so I make it like once a week, like the entire time that we're getting that box, basically. Uh, which means that I like... I don't even really think about it. I just like am really good at making sock now. So, um, and it's like purely like, uh, if someone asked me to write down a recipe, it would be difficult for me to do that. Cause I'm just like, I don't measure stuff anymore. You know, I'm like tasting it being like, well, I should add this or whatever. So, yeah. Um, we have to end this podcast. So we do. Shut the fuck up. Where you can find, find me you? on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. What I actually want you to do is go to YouTube and type in Dia Lucina and go watch me and Dia play through Gabriel Knight 2 because it's the best time I've had in months as a person in my life. Anything I've done. Uh, sorry to you. Sorry to all my other co-hosts. You're not as good as hang out with Dia watching Gabriel Knight badly fumble horny German men. Uh, it's just too good. Um, and then after that, uh, type in Bjork talking about her TV. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's it. This podcast comes out most Wednesday nights. So, uh, we promote on Thursday. If you've listening to this and, uh, go re- go retweet the tweet, tell your friends it's good. You know, yeah. it's not, a, it's mostly not about sagas. Honestly. Don't just like the tweet, retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, if you're listening to this, you're already, you're already like dear, near and dear to my heart. But also, if you like a tweet promoting a podcast and you don't retweet the podcast, 
that it's it's in the tweet you liked. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Retweet the goddamn thing. Retweeting's easy. It's free. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you do the thing where like sometimes I'm like I don't know about this one. I'll like it and then I'll listen to it and then I'll retweet it if it's good. Um, what people I fucking know because I do it too. Don't do that. It's bad form. <laughs> you might forget. Yeah. And if you don't forget, the person's gonna think that you didn't actually like it when you listen to it. Yeah. Um, because I also do that too, even though I do this. And also, especially when I quote tweet my podcast and say retweet my podcast do not like that tweet retweet it <laughs> uh, i only i make it a point to only retweet totally reprise when molly quote tweets with retweet my fucking podcast i will yeah. never retweet the bear <laughs> totally reprised <laughs> podcast i also always re- retweet molly saying retweet my fucking bike <laughs> <laughs> i think it's really funny yeah <laughs> i uh, i would never be so rude on main i i just say please like you know retweet this if you whatever anyway i hope you like this show we'll keep doing it because we're dumb uh and you'll keep listening because it's funny when we're dumb uh until then we're out of the podcast and then we were out of the podcast and also out of gundam
Thank you.